Your new blood. You ever kill a man before? No. You ever splattered a man's brains up against the wall? No. You ever took a big shiny blade and just ripped a man from his ass to his appetite? No. no. Then cut his balls off and he make him squeal like a pig. Hammer. And then stuff him in his Hammer. mouth up. Welcome everyone to My Bleeding Ears Podcast. This is episode number 96. We're in November now. Our last podcast was on, actually was on Halloween, mm -hmm. where it snowed, and it's still pretty snowy and shitty outside, so hey, Chicago, thank you very much, once again. <laughs> it's so cold. It's so cold, and it's not like I'm not from the Midwest. I am, but I can't believe this. It was just way too early. Yeah. And so what we did mostly was stay indoors a lot and watch some movies and TV shows, mm -hmm. which we'll get into right now with one of the most heralded movies so far this year. It is still in limited release, but I think it might open up just a few, to a few more theaters later on. Okay. And especially, I think, towards award season two, where this movie is just going to be... Uh, it's probably going to get nominated at least for Best Foreign Language Picture at the Oscars. Uh, maybe even best picture. Who knows? I from doubt all that. the yeah, well, they have to choose. You can either choose to be a best foreign language film or enter as the best film. I see. So um, this movie we're talking about is Parasite. Mm -hmm. it is directed by Jun Ho uh, Bong, or as in Korea, I guess you go as Bong Jun Ho, Jun -ho. or mm -hmm. that's even the correct way to say it. Of course, that's just the American way of sp of speaking uh, this director's name. Who has also done Snowpiercer, which mm -hmm. I thought was, was pretty good. I know you didn't like it all that much, but you want to see it again. I do want to see it again. And it's for, we'll get into that with Parasite. It's because I was shocked to find out that so many people thought Snowpiercer was amazing. Uh-huh. And I was like, what did I miss? <laughs> so I kind of want to see it again. Right. So, um, this movie is getting a lot of praise right now. From all the critics uh, that I listen to or, or look at or, or read, they they love this movie. I like this movie. I think it's a very good movie. Mm -hmm. It's shot really well. The story's cool. Uh, I've seen this movie before, though. And I think this movie's getting a lot of praise because it has Asian actors in it. Yeah. Which, I mean, doesn't happen very often in film. Uh, especially wide releases, and unless wide you release, think of yeah. uh, what was that? Oh, crazy rich Asians, right? Was that movie? And then there was yeah. um, like Joy Luck Club, I guess is probably the only other one that that really reached a big audience with main Asian actors of the same race. Because we could say Harold and Kumar is it's an Asian led movie. Definitely is. But uh, it doesn't get recognized for that, I don't think. It's, no. It's more known for like a stoner comedy, of course. Right. But this movie, yeah, I, I liked it, but I've seen it before in different iterations. And I think a lot of people probably missed last year's uh, Palme d'Or winner, which is from Japan. And it's pretty much almost the same concept as this movie, What's Parasite. It? It's called uh, The Shoplifters. Okay. And it goes through some of the same beats as Parasite does. But this is this movie's already cre uh, preaching to the choir to me. Like, they're trying to say, oh, there's a difference or there's a divide between people who are wealthy and people who are poor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no fucking shit, okay? Uh, that, that doesn't surprise me at all. It, all, it doesn't. It's the same thing as, like, oh, rich people are getting their children into these colleges by paying money. No way! Yeah. For real? Oh my god. This I, is a big news story. I do think it's a topic that's become more prevalent in the United States now, that it's thrust in our faces every single day, how the 1% doesn't have to struggle compared to the middle class. 
Or any class under them. Or any class under them, really? yeah. Um, I so do enjoy I, the points yeah. of view that they have sure. of each other. And I can understand the ending of it, of this movie. Which I won't, I won't, I'm not going to really ruin all too no, much no. of this movie. Other than it's this family that's poor, but very smart, mm-hmm. are able to trick these wealthy people who, I guess, really aren't very smart... I guess that's what the movie's kind of telling us, is that they're uh, oblivious to uh, poor people living in squalor. Yeah, or, or, let's say ignorant, not stupid. Right. Yeah. Uh, people not living in their bubble. Right. And there's a there's one scene in the movie where it starts to rain, and poor, the, um, the rich family is sitting there watching the rain and enjoying it within their big house while this family that's poor, their home floods because they live in a basement. And it floods bad. It's real and bad. It's that's really a big turning point of the movie. Yeah. Yes. But, once again, you're, you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> yeah. Here. I won't necessarily say I've seen this movie before because I haven't. Se- I mean, there's stuff that happens in this movie that I've never seen before. Uh-huh. I think I was misled by the trailers and the title, mm-hmm. and maybe not the title if the trailers hadn't been so misleading. Right. But I'm thinking the guy who directed The Host, and then I see a trailer for a movie called Parasite that made me feel like I was going to see a horror movie at some point, <laughs> and I got really excited, and that's not what this is, and I just feel like it took me a long, longer time to process it and enjoy it because it's not at all what I thought I was going to be seeing. Well, luckily, I only watched the preview or the trailer for it once, and it yeah. doesn't tell you anything. It doesn't. It shows some slow shots. And it, this movie, it looks beautiful. I yeah. will give it that. This movie is fucking beautiful. He's a great director. Yes. I love The Host. Me too. Snowpiercer, I thought was good. We'll watch that again sometime, but The yeah. Host is fucking awesome. Agreed. They, but what you see in all of his movies is that he has the same thing in every movie. Just think of, like... Uh, uh, Robert Rodriguez. In every movie he has, there's always someone who's either like opening opening a trunk or shooting someone, and the shot <laughs> is of from either the trunk or the person who's getting shots perspective from like an, uh, a down angle, and you there it's like you're looking up at them shooting, and then he he does the three cut fade where like. Um, They'll have the person standing there, then they'll turn, and then they'll cut a little bit to where they're walking a little farther away, then they'll cut again to where they're almost out of the shot. Mm-hmm. He does that in so many movies. And in this movie, there's this scene where the family gets together and talks, and just talks to each other, and, and tells each other how they're feeling. It happened in The Host, where they're kind of trapped by the monster, and mm-hmm. uh, the one father makes a joke about... Uh, a rating farts, right? <laughs> <laughs> and this movie has a whole scene to where the the rich family is gone, and these these uh, this family who's totally in, intruded in this fam- other family's life and tricked them so they can work for them are uh, the other family left for vacation, and they just stayed at home, and they all came over to the rich family's house and pigged out and left a fucking mess. Yes. So, and, and, and I like that. They're showing, like, how these people, even though you're, you're coming to this more fluent neighborhood, you're still the same person in that house. Yeah. And in that neighborhood. And it's just, it seems like there's that same scene in all his movies. Or the three movies that I've seen of him yeah. before. So, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that, um, yes, this is a good movie. This is a really good movie. I'm not saying it's the greatest movie ever made. I'm not saying it's the greatest movie of the decade. And I keep hearing this from all these people. And I've had conversations with them to where I've said, like, yeah, I, I've seen it before and I've gone through all, all, all the different things, that uh, movies I've seen or the movies that are just like that. Uh, and the same thing came around for, like, the movie Battle Royale and when The Hunger Games was released. Yeah. And I was kind of like, ah, I've seen I was more joking around this time around. I was like, ah, I've seen it before. It's called Battle Royale. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be like the smart guy near all these like 22-year-old fucking kids right out of college. I'm like, <laughs> I've seen that movie, dickheads. It's right. fucking, yeah. You should see this one instead of all of Of course, probably no one ever listened to me on that. Fuck them. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, you should see this movie. It, it's good. And I if agree. you don't understand, there's a, a wealth divide everywhere yeah 
even in Korea. So, um, yeah, check it out. Because we accidentally saw a movie that's, I don't want to say very similar, but the theme is the same in the same year, and that's The Joker. And with that, mm-hmm. I felt like I was walking into a movie where I was going to see a comic book villain's origin story, mm-hmm. but I got so much more than that. Mm-hmm. He became yes. this like accidental figurehead for a revolution of the lower middle class, mm-hmm. which is what makes that movie so interesting. And I think if I had walked into this movie and known... Like, hadn't even seen a trailer or anything. I would have loved it. Maybe just as much mm-hmm. as everybody does. I feel misled. It's really good. <laughs> but I didn't get out of it what I, I guess, wanted. And there's but some, it's very good. Yeah, there, there are some surprises in here that grab you. And there are um, small little, little tinges of violence or mm-hmm. reactions that you'll get out of some of these characters through violence that some people just aren't ready for. Which I see these kind of things all the time and nothing yeah. really bothers me anymore about it. I've been watching horror movies and bloody movies and and rough hits and shots to people's heads and before. So this it was this isn't shocking to me. Right. But for people who don't see horror movies or don't see violent movies and then go see this movie, Yes, of course, they're going to be surprised and, and taken off guard by this violence mm-hmm. because pretty much this is a black comedy. Yeah, I agree. Or dark comedy. I don't know. Black, dark, whatever. Um, and with a few other few other genres mixed, mixed in also. But basically, it's a comedy. Uh, I give it a good B+. I'll give it the same. B plus. Mm-hmm. Maybe an A minus. I just wish I'd walked into it with my head in the right place. That's all. Acting was great. Yes. Acting is fucking great. The lead guy who's who's in all of um, uh, his movies, who plays the, the shitty dad and host, he plays kind of a shitty dad in this one, too. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't think he's a shitty dad. <laughs> Not the greatest dad in Snowpiercer, <laughs> either, but uh, <laughs> he's a great actor, and his emotion yeah. through his face and through his lines, even though he's not speaking English, I can still understand him very well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's what I think about Parasite. I say go ahead and see this movie. Yes. Um, if you haven't seen very movies in your life, this, is, this movie's going to knock your socks off. You're going to love it. (laughs) Okay, moving on to our next film, which is, I like, and I know you liked it, and I was really surprised by this movie. I thought I was going to fucking hate it. But I liked it a lot, actually. It's called Bliss. Mm -hmm. It's a artistic kind of vampire movie that we missed at Cinepocalypse this year because it was a midnight show. I didn't know that you thought you were going to hate it. I thought I was going to hate it because I hated the main person in this movie from the beginning and even through like the previews and stuff. Oh, she's very unlikable. Very unlikable and, person. Yeah, that but never it, changes It for doesn't. Me. Yeah. Um, but it works in this movie. Yeah. You don't necessarily cheer for her. No. Um, but yeah, this is a, a vampire movie done in the art world, I would say, in I mean, what is it, LA, I think this takes place. Yeah, Los it, Angeles. It looks mm-hmm. very warm there. And this woman who's an artist is having a, a, what, artist block? Is that what you call it? Yeah, (laughs) I mean, like a gallery opening that the gallery commissioned her for. So she's making this specifically for that Mm -hmm. opening, yeah. And she has, like, a a, a shitty boyfriend who's, uh, he doesn't really encourage her all that much, really. No. He's just kind of like that stoner boyfriend you might have had when you were, like, 20 years old and can't rely on to even like get anywhere on time or or, yeah fill a glass with water or something (laughs) he's one of those guys and yeah they all drink heavily all do heroin and all sorts of other drugs they love drugs in this movie it's great and then she is bitten and becomes a vampire and her artwork start well the piece that she's painting she starts to work on, but she doesn't remember. Right. She has blackouts, and then she comes to, and there's more added to her painting. Right. Yeah. Uh, well shot. This is this is a really good movie. A really I good vampire it. movie. Yeah. I would like to see it again at some point. Me not too. right away. But I encourage anyone to see this if you like vampire movies, or if you like something not necessarily always explained to you. 
Um, not a whole ton of exposition. It's it lets you it lets you connect the pieces that's that's going on in this film. So uh, yeah. I, I give this movie an A. Me too. And also, like vampires are probably my favorite monster. I've watched like Vampire Diaries multiple times. <laughs> I know it's stupid. I know it's bad. But it's like I like my soap operas to have monsters. But this, it's not just if you like a good vampire movie. It's if you like a good vampire movie where the vampires aren't glorified. Like yes. she's not ascending into something better than a human. Absolutely. She's descending into something much, much worse. Yes. And that's what the vampire curse should be at yes. its very core. Yeah. Right. I can mention glowing vampires. And, right. Sparkling and, vampires. Know, this ain't like Twilight. That. Yeah. It, it's not at all. Which good. Yeah. There's not too many really, really good vampire movies, if you really think about it, that came out in the last 20 years. Yeah. Not too many of it all. This one is, this one's great. Uh, what We Do in Shadows, which is That's what I was going to say. That's one of the That's best like, ones I've seen this decade. <laughs> I'm sure there are a few more sprinkled throughout, but they can all be pretty fucking lame. Yeah. And, and follow the same formula as everyone else. I like the grittier ones. I like the near dark kind of movies. Yeah. And then I like the more kind of fun ones too, like From Dust Till Dawn or Bordello of Blood, which are just kind of stupid. Yeah. But they really try and make it all Victorian and everything. And uh, they're so. Like, oh, fuck you, man. <laughs> right. I'm done with it. Give me something new. And then they did. And they gave me Bliss. Thank you. Uh, this yeah. Is, this is a really good movie. <laughs> you Agreed. definitely check this one out. I'm sad I missed it at Cinepocalypse, but Midnight Show. I'm, yeah. I'm, Pushing forty here, and yeah, I'm not. We gonna... couldn't do it, especially <laughs> knowing it was going to be on VOD eventually. It was available. We did have to rent it. I forget how much. It was worth whatever we paid for it. It was what, five bucks, yeah. six bucks. Go for it. It's Definitely watch it. Mm-hmm. You probably don't didn't really appreciate renting the next two movies we're going to talk about <laughs> because they're not the greatest. I don't regret it, though. <laughs> Neither one of these. It's not like Slender Man, where I did regret paying for that movie. <laughs> not these two. Well, good. I didn't watch that one. <laughs> First one up is available on Amazon. It didn't come to theaters, probably because it was a piece of shit. It's interesting, but a piece of shit, and I wanted everyone to die in it. It's called Polaroid. Not even interesting. I don't know. You explain why you think it's interesting. Uh, well, so there's this... A Polaroid camera that, I don't know, is affected by a ghost or some shit. I don't even remember because it was so shitty. Yeah, I don't... They did explain it. Because it was definitely one of those PG-13 horror movies where they explain everything. Yeah, and I just didn't give a shit by then. So, uh, there's this Polaroid camera that comes to this antique shop. This introverted girl who has no friends. Oh, wow. We've never seen that before. Gets this camera and starts to make friends, and she takes pictures of people at a party with a Polaroid, <laughs> and they find an image behind, like, this, this spooky fucking shadowy figure behind all of them, and then everyone starts to die. They're trying to figure things out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, everyone sucked in this movie. <laughs> uh, except for Shocker was in this movie. Um, what's his fucking face? Uh... Uh, Mitch Pileggi, or Pileggi. Oh, or, okay. Or, or the, the guy from X-Files and shit. That right, guy. right, 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 right. Horse Pinker, Shocker, yeah. <laughs> That's what I know him as. Other people Skinner. Are Skinner, yeah. Everyone else calls him Skinner. <laughs> I already forgot he was in this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he gets kind of fucked in this movie, too. Yeah, he this does. poor bastard. He didn't deserve the... <laughs> He's like one of those characters that, that didn't deserve to die in a movie. And you realize that right before he dies. <laughs> right. It's We also, you know, I'm just going to pause this movie for a second. Because we also watched like four or five of the Saw movies. Two through six, I think, we re-watched. Re- re- mm-hmm. And I watched one without you, yeah. Yeah. That's how I started it. Because we didn't really want to focus on anything. There are times where we just want to watch a movie and play on our phones. That we, like a movie we've seen already. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, and ca- casually look up and then look back down on our phones and we hear everything. We know when the good parts are coming. So we just threw those movies on. Mm-hmm. And of course, they're... they're 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 movies. Uh, you, you like that kind of stuff, great. Uh, Saw movies are fine if you like that kind of thing. Yeah, I never like thought a Saw movie was terrible. 
But definitely, I saw <laughs> five in the theaters and was like, yeah, I've had enough. Uh, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess what I'm bringing, trying to bring up here is characters who don't deserve to die. One of them yes. is um, Dina Meyer from Starship Troopers is in uh, part two and three. Yeah. And in part three, she gets fucking whacked in the beginning of the movie. Who totally didn't deserve it yeah, at all. Never had a chance. Yeah, she didn't do really anything wrong. Yeah. But yeah, and so that character in Polaroid made me feel like that with her. Like, mm-hmm. dude. Come on, all these other assholes in this movie deserve to die. He doesn't. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you are looking for a cheap, stupid horror movie for your 13-year-old kid, Polaroid. Polaroid. Found it. But you love <laughs> these kind of movies, though, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't I didn't rent it and go, this is going to be awesome. I rented like, it and was like, all right, let's watch this piece of shit. <laughs> and we did. And for whoever made the piece of shit, I paid for it, so what the fuck do you care how I feel about it? <laughs> all right, well, you got anything else to say about this? <laughs> all right, well, that, that, my sentiment exactly... <laughs> Next to our next piece of shit movie is actually a sequel yeah. to a real another piece of shit movie. And it also wasn't released uh, to theaters because it was a piece of shit too. Is The Gallows, Act 2. Act 2. Part 2 of The Gallows. I guess I have to watch the first Gallows because I remember having fond memories of it. Like it was kind of fun. Well, because not only do you like these stupid, shitty PG-13 <laughs> horror movies, you're also a huge fan of found footage films. I do like found footage films. You're a huge yeah. fan of those. Come on. Be honest. <laughs> you love them. But this one, uh, the sequel, isn't a found footage movie. This is just a straight-up film. Yeah, this is Blair Witch Book of Shadows. <laughs> yes. Perfect, perfect <laughs> example right there. It's about this girl who moves to like this new school with her sister... And she wants to be an actor, so she... It, this high school seems like they get a lot of funding. But, of course, I'm from Chicago, and all my shit... All the schools here are shit, for the most part, unless you go to a real prestigious one, or a private one. Other than that, mm-hmm. your, your public schools here suck. I never had computers in my class or anything. Was, you graduated eh. in the 90s, to be fair, but yes. True, <laughs> true. And that was in a good high school, too. Yeah, I was... <laughs> I was. It, I guess it was a magnet, sort of. I don't know. They had pretty good placement for. Well, I I was there for drama. Like that's how. Well, first I was in the district, and then I moved out of the district, so I had to uh, audition to, to, for to be a drama major, so I could mm-hmm. be at that school. So I didn't. I was luckily, you know, they liked me enough until I was uh, a drama major for the next three years. But yeah, we didn't have all that stuff. Our theater looked like shit compared to these guys. It looked like they were on a college campus, which they probably were probably to shoot were. this. Yeah. So I didn't believe anything that was going on in this movie. But anyway, our main character is this... Um, she wants to be like a, a, a social influencer kind of person. Yeah. And she only has like a, a few hundred followers. So she wants to act. And so she goes to the school... Does poorly on her first audition, and she picks up the Gallows book, which was in the first movie, and starts doing uh, the act from the Gallows. A monologue from it, yeah. A monologue from it, correct. Um, So, and then she starts reading more, and then, um, I don't even know what the fuck happens after that. She, oh, oh, um, I guess the the gallows people are, are, are after her in this movie and she keeps seeing things and she keeps blacking out when she's doing the play or doing the monologue she doesn't remember doing it she starts getting all fucked up and she sees videos on youtube who, who've also read this book mm-hmm. or uh this play the gallows and we're also having problems with it and getting like all these fucking spider veins on their necks and everything and um her there's this guy who's interested in her in the movie which going back on it now is really unbelievable <laughs> his name's Cade like you named him an evil name so name's Cade <laughs> i knew at first sight of this guy that he was the villain Sorry, uh-huh. spoilers for yeah. Gallows Act 2. Whatever, fuck it. And yeah. I just found out a couple of days ago that you never had faith that I was right until right. the very end when you found out. Right, because I thought he was the good guy throughout this movie, or at Hell least no. a good guy, and you, throughout the movie, you were like, nah, no, nope, 
not him. Uh uh-uh. uh. You were right, man. Totally right. He was almost like the main bad guy. Well, don't. Oh, well, there's been tons of times where I've said something in a movie. And you're like, no, no, no. And then it's come to fruition. So don't, don't give me this all high and mighty thing where you're like, I guessed it for the first few minutes. I, uh, well, this girl's fucking annoying in this movie. She's never very yeah, likable at all. She's not. Which I feel like you could make work if you're making a movie about a social media influencer. I feel like you could have a little bit of fun with that. Right, and, yeah. You know, not like her. But instead, we're supposed to be taking her very seriously. We do get to see her do the monologue once. And it's fine. It's not that great. But everybody just balls all over it. And the theater director is like, oh, you're the second coming of whatever. And then we mercifully, I feel like the writers made her black out every time she does it subsequently. So we don't have to fucking watch her do it again. Yes. Because you see people react to her and you're like, yeah? Was I watching the same monologue? Because, yeah, it looks like a 16-year-old girl doing a monologue. <laughs> in a, you know, in a high school. Yeah. It, I, I thought the, the twist at the end was, wasn't bad. It was a decent twist. Better I'll give than it I that. Thought, yeah. Yes, it was. I, I kind of liked it. I'll give unfortunately... it a C just because of that. Oh, sorry, sorry. Right. Well, everything up leading up to it sucks. So um, I give it a D minus. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I, 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 I just don't. I just you, you go through movies and where you hate everyone in them. Yeah. And it can really suck, you know, if you don't have any substance in there. Yeah. Perfect example is what we just talked about. Bliss. I hated most of the people in that movie. Yeah. And you're supposed to. Yeah, but I liked the movie. I thought it was fucking mm-hmm. great. Uh, don't see this piece of garbage. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you're right. In Bliss, there's never a moment where I'm confused. Like, oh, am I supposed to like the main character? No. I feel like the way she plays it, not likable at all. No. And she's doing that on purpose. Yes. And then the Gallows Act 2, which is not even the same caliber of movie. I'm sorry <laughs> I'm comparing them. There's nothing likable about this character, but I do feel like the actor is trying really hard to make this character likable, which True. makes it worse. Do you have anything good to say about Polaroid? Do I have anything good to say about Polaroid? Well, you just repeating my question pretty much says no. <laughs> You're digging right now. <laughs> um, I wasn't angry when it was over. I guess, okay. How about you? Um... I liked it when the people started dying that I didn't like. Yeah. <clears throat> that's it, okay. As long as I said something good about these movies, I feel okay. And wait, what... I really don't want to shit on movies too much. Okay. So I like to at least bring one good thing about the movies if I can find one, which I usually can. What's the good thing about the Gallows Act 2? Oh, the ending. Oh, yeah. the ending, right, yeah. right, right. The twist, okay. the twist at the end, I kind of liked. So that's that's my good... The good deed right there gotcha. this movie. Then I can trash it. Which I did already. Yeah. So, uh, next to something more in the middle of the road, maybe a little higher than these last two movies, mm-hmm. which is the fourth season of Channel Zero. Yeah. I've been looking forward to this because I really liked, well, I really liked season two, and then season three was fine. And then I've just been looking for another season that was the same caliber as season two. Yes. Season three was with the... the the, the girls. And yeah, Rucker Hauer and the Plantation in the Sky. That's the girl, what it should have been called. And the girl who couldn't close her mouth throughout the whole show. Right. And who kind of <laughs> gets fucked at the end, too. Yeah. Another one of those characters that gets fucked at the end who didn't deserve it. I felt really bad. <laughs> and that's why I didn't like that season. But the second one was good. I did like the second. The first one was boring. The second one was good. First one's boring. The second one is, yeah, where they go through a door in this haunted house. And mm-hmm. then on the other side, there are these... Like, things that eat your memories, basically. Yes. Yeah. Right. And this one, which I, I do like this this current, the, the season that we just watched. Mm-hmm. It is, it's called The Dream Door. Mm-hmm. And it's about a woman who is able to um, think about a character or have emotions about someone and have that character come alive through a door in a house or anywhere, mm-hmm. they'll just appear, and this character, or this person, this animal, or whatever, will come out of this door and either hang out with you or kill the person that's upset you. Yeah. Um, 
This one, uh, this season really surprised me. Because it, it was good. Because I was kind of let down by the last one. Mm-hmm. But it made me think a lot about having my superpower <laughs> becoming, you know, I can just open a door anywhere and have whomever come out. Anyone I can imagine or anything I can look at and just kind of focus and go into a semi-convulsion or, or, or we have sex or something and I look over and something's being created. And, uh, dude, it's, it's fucking awesome. I would love that. As soon as I had that ability, I would be the biggest villain in the world. <laughs> I would amass an army of, like, eight-foot-tall Amazon women with huge breasts and, like, have monsters and have the whole crew from the colonial marines from aliens surrounding me. And I would, I would probably take out Rhode Island. That's a small state. I would take over Rhode Island, and that would be my place. Where I can just create shit all the time. Do you feel like already you're not thinking this superpower all the way through like this show did? Because, yeah, Pretzel Jack is the guy that she conjures uh-huh. who ends up killing people. Which is not as though she asked him to do that. It's mm-hmm. just that he's defending her. Right. And a figment of her imagination manifested into life. But she can't control him. So I'm thinking of all these Amazon women and... Well, she can't control colonial. him. Yet. She can't control him yet. But right. that's part of a, it's a big plot point. Yes. Well, of the I, show. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure I'd go through trial and error. <laughs> Don't you think they went through trial and error? With Assuming like, the Amazon women didn't pulverize you the minute you oh, conjured them. Oh, right. Okay. Well, <laughs> no, they're my manifestations. They won't. They're, they're cool with me. Gonna, unless I tell them to. And who knows? I mean, I might like getting the shit kicked out of me by an eight foot tall Amazon. All right. hey you brought this part of the conversation (laughs) so yeah i think out of all four seasons this is my second favorite and it has a lot of the same themes as my first favorite which is season Mm -hmm. two about the eating memories um and i was gonna get to them until my brain farted out just now (laughs) (laughs) were you thinking about eight foot tall amazons too um okay so maybe i was thinking about what i said about season two of channel zero is that it it does it sort of not explains but it shows you a lot of what love is and what love isn't i said that before in season two and i think season four is sort of the same thing it's sort of showing you this is what love is this is what love absolutely isn't right over here and it's really good. I like that theme. It is. Yeah. I, I really did enjoy this season. We knocked it out in two days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we were just, it wasn't a slog at all, like the first season. Third season wasn't really a slog. I was just more, I just wanted things to get moving. Yeah. And after seeing such a good season in season two, mm-hmm. season three, it was a little of a slog for me. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah Seasons definitely. Seasons two and four, see and, those. Yeah, it's on Shutter. Love Shutter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it's kind of funny how tr- Shutter trolled us and added Trick or Treat after Halloween. Yeah, no fair. <laughs> and you know what else kind of fucking sucks? Which else got shitted on? Doctor Sleep. That movie got fucking shitted on because that should have come out in October. Oh, is it not doing well? No, it did horribly at the box oh, office, no. unfortunately. I mean, we haven't seen it yet. No, well, <laughs> I, mean, I guess I'm part of the problem, right? But um, it's unfortunate because this is like a a, um, a sequel to The Shining, a mm-hmm. movie that I know you don't like. I But a book that I did like, uh-huh. although I don't know if I can go back now that I'm grown up and, and have a vagina. Okay. <laughs> and... Um, um, Whatchamacallit, to, I kind of, I like The Shining, I'm not huge on it, like a Mm -hmm. lot of people are, and I know people are just huge on their certain things, that's not one of them, I like it, not fucking huge on it, I would like to see Doctor Sleep, too fucking cold to go out. (laughs) Yeah, we just didn't go anywhere. (laughs) And it's unfortunate that there's this, this, the Mike Flanagan, who's done great movies, and TV shows even now, Puts out this movie and it's getting great reviews. Looks great from what I've heard, and, and it's just a shit business, and yeah. it's unfortunate. And then, then we'll get movies like uh, Escape Room, which did better than that movie, and it was probably made for a lot cheaper too because yeah. they, they pumped some money into Doctor Sleep. 
and fucking no one went. So, oh well. But anyway, our movie of the week is coming up next, so I will see you in a minute. Or talk to you. Or you can listen to me. Either one. See you in a few. We can't see you. Okay. Well, you know, we should maybe do this on YouTube. <laughs> they can see me and... We can see them. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Our movie of the week is the 2005 David Cronenberg movie, A History of Violence, starring Maria Bello, Viggo Mortensen, and one of my favorites, Ed Harris. Yes. And another favorite of mine, too, William Hurt. Mm-hmm. I love William Hurt. I don't know what it is about William Hurt, but I love him. He's, he's always has he's always like a calming kind of dude, and he seems like like the, some an uncle, kind of, that you would have. He's like He'd come around like... You know, barbecues and stuff. Like, yeah, cool. All right, man. Yeah, and just have a burger and wear like cargo shorts and leave at like seven at night. That's the that's what I, th- I think of, <laughs> of him. Um, this is based on a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Um, David Cronenberg kind of. It seems when this movie came out, a lot of people were surprised that it was David Cronenberg. Because before then, it was a lot of the the body horror stuff going on, right? Videodrome, The Fly, yeah, yeah all sorts of all sorts of shit like that. And then uh, a film like this comes out, and it's not like that at all. And he follows that one up with Eastern Promises, which isn't like his former movies either. Uh-uh. And I gotta say, I kind of like these two films more than his horror films. But we'll get into that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie is a bit is about a mild. A mild-mannered man becomes a local hero through an act of violence, which so- which sets off repercussions that will shake his family to its very core in this action thriller. I would call it more of a dramatic thriller. Yeah! <laughs> this is straight from IMDb, and I was like, action? Who the thriller? fuck? Thriller? Who the fuck, like, who writes these things? I think this is a pretty quiet, dramatic piece. Yeah! Except for... The shocking acts of violence, but this right. obviously have to be there, yeah. Right. So this movie's pretty much about Viggo Mortensen, a man who has a past. He, uh, we don't get to see any of his past, but we learn that he used to be a gangster. Yeah. And he moved away from that and raised a family far away from Philadelphia, where the gang was from. Uh, started a family, married the love of his life, and set up shop in this small Americana. Uh, I don't recall exactly where they live, what state they're they're living in. I think it's somewhere in like small town Midwest. Yeah, it's yeah. small town anywhere USA kind yeah. of thing. And he's been out for a while because his kid, his oldest, is like sixteen or seventeen Six, years yeah. old. So he's yeah. It, him and Maria Bello, his wife, have probably been together for a good twenty, twenty two years. I'm thinking. Yeah. Because there was a period of time, he says later on in the movie, where it took three years for him to kind of just uh, set up to where uh, the person he wants to be before he even met her. And then, of course, we got to think of the courtship and everything. So it's probably between like 20 to 25 years yeah. he's been out of the game. And it's interesting, yeah, he spent those three years sort of creating this character, Tom, but it's interesting the way he talks about who he was and who he is. He used, he talks about both those people in the third person. Yes. Which I think is very interesting. It is very interesting. Because yeah. throughout the, uh, until that part, um, Viggo Mortensen goes by the name Tom Stahl. And when these gangsters meet up with him, they call him Joey. And mm-hmm. he denies all of this up until the point where he almost dies. Mm-hmm. He's almost killed by one of the gangsters. But I think what, what's awesome about this movie is um, 
is that there's these two other, like, uh, murderers, uh, thieves who come into his town, which we see in the beginning of the movie, these two guys, uh, William Mc- uh, Stephen McCaddy, who is in tons of horror movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. He was um, in Watchmen. He was the original uh, owl character. Fuck, what's his name? Hollis? No, the name of the character. Oh, the name oh, of the superhero. Uh, Night Owl. Night Owl, right. Um, he plays him, and he's in tons of shit. Yeah. Um, him and Greg Brick, who we just saw in Saw five. 6 or 5. 5. Is it 5? Mm-hmm. So I'm Saw 5, and then we saw him again in Channel Zero. He plays a cop. First season of Channel Zero, yeah. So in he plays like a, a drug addict in, in Saw, then he's a cop in Channel Zero, and now he's a, a, a murderer. In yeah. a history of violence. So, he hey, looks like great range. Matthew McConaughey and who was the other guy I said? With Jason Isaacs. And, no, Matthew McConaughey and, and uh, Will Forte. No. I say he looks like a slow Jason Isaac. Or what's that guy? Oh, you mean Jason Clark. Jason Clark. Yeah. Uh, he looks if like Jason a slow Clark, Jason yeah. Clark. Had a fetal <laughs> alcohol syndrome. Or his father married his cousin. Either one. <laughs> So he's in this, he's one of the bad yeah. guys, and we see in the beginning shot of them, um, either they robbed this motel and end up killing everyone in there. We really don't get to see the violence in that, though. Just the aftermath. Just yeah. the aftermath. The violence, the only violence we really see in this movie comes from this, uh, the Stahl family, really, mm-hmm. uh, from his, uh, from Tom, who's Viggo Mortensen slash Joey, and his son, Jack. Those are the only two people who are, are really violent in this movie. Yeah. So we see these guys, uh, an, an amazing beginning to this movie. It's one shot of just a car pulling up to the, the front of this motel and these two characters having a conversation of what they're going to do and what to take care of and get water and everything. And then it cuts to, uh, once they're through that, they cut to the uh, uh, Viggo Mortensen's part of the story, his character or anything. And then eventually these characters intersect with the Viggo Mortensen character and try and rob him and kill the people that are in his restaurant that he's opened up. Mm-hmm. But that's when Viggo, Tom, fucks everyone up. He smashes the dude, <clears throat> one of the guys, in the face with a coffee pot, steals the gun from him, blasts the other dude, then shoots the other guy in the head. It's amazing. It is great. <laughs> um, the comic is kind of, it's, it's pretty much like that, it's the beginning. Oh, have you read it? I've read parts of it. Okay. And the only difference in that scene is that he doesn't shoot the other guy who had stabbed him in the foot and the head. He actually lives. The other guy is the only one who gets blasted. Oh, okay. It's a, a little difference there. So that sets off a whole, uh, uh, a whole whatchamacallit, of uh, action going on. with. He's a, a new star now. He's being uh, noticed by uh, different news outlets. People love him. They're calling him a hero. So his face is out there now, and yeah. throughout this whole part of him being a hero until he he gets home is that he really doesn't want any part of this. There's a part where he's actually in the hospital, flipping through the channels of all of um, of the story that's going on. It's big news. Of course, it's a small town. Anything like this is gonna be huge news. And he flips through the channels. The first few, they're just talking about him, saying his name. And then, like, the third or fourth channel he goes to, there's actually a picture of him that comes up. Mm-hmm. And he kind of winces because he knows that with him being out there, everyone's going to see it. And the people he possibly wronged in the past are going to find him, which they do. Yeah. But at this point, at least for me, I didn't know anything about the graphic novel. Um, so at this point in the movie... I feel like Viggo Mortensen's acting is so good that I wasn't sure why he didn't want this fame. And when he insists that he is not this Joey person, Uh I kind of wonder if maybe this is all a misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. Well, there's one tell leading up to that, um, to where when he kills those bad guys Uh in the restaurant, there's one tell that he gives. So now these guys come to the restaurant. And Stephen McCaddy says he wants coffee, and he's like, we're closed. And then he yells at him. And yeah. these guys are, I mean, these guys are scary looking. Yeah. And so that actually, my favorite part of this movie is right before this happens, is um, uh, Tom's son is, is, is being bullied at school. Mm-hmm. 
and um, on Friday, like his son is chilling, like on the steps of this post office with one of his friends, and they're just talking. And the bully, the guy who bullies him, drives up in a car and sees him, and he's about to make a U-turn, except he almost runs into the two guys that we saw earlier. Mm-hmm. And no words are really exchanged between them, but the kid in the car gives those two dudes the finger, and they just stare at him, these death stares. And you just get the feeling like these dudes are not to be fucked with. How does that play into... I'm getting what? that. Okay. Give me a minute. So I'm, I'm setting, I'm setting the, the whole phase okay. of this. So when these guys get into the restaurant, you know they're fucking serious. Because that, that scene in the beginning, you know they're, they're ruthless, mm-hmm. they have no emotion, and they kill a child. Right. And now they're in this restaurant, and you know anything can happen with these guys. So Vigo relents and gets the guy coffee, puts the cup down, starts pouring the coffee. And they make a point to show him pouring this coffee. They show his hand. His hand doesn't move an inch. Doesn't shake. Oh, he's not even he's nervous. He's fucking calm as mm-hmm. hell. That's the biggest tell right there. Or at least the first tell that you get that this dude ain't who he says he is. Okay. So um, I really just love how that builds up to that. And oh, and then he fucking annihilates those yeah. dudes. Mm-hmm. And then that seems great. Yeah. So then eventually, yes, the, the gangsters end up finding him and harassing him and his wife. And you get to find out that he probably did some pretty shitty things, especially to this one main gangster that, that yeah. keeps talking, the Ed, Ed Harris character whose name is Carl Fogarty. And Carl Fogarty has a big gash over his eye. And is clearly, like, at least legally blind. Yes, yeah. at least. <laughs> and we get to, um, to see this whole kind of uh, interaction between uh, Tom, a.k.a. Joey, and Carl, to where uh, uh, Ed Harris is trying to get Joey to confess that he's Joey and um, and trying to get him out of the restaurant and, and go home to see his boss. How Which... come you're so good? <laughs> so, um, and Ed Harris and his goons start to terrorize uh, or, or more slightly harass his family. Yeah. To which they finally come to his house and um, threaten him, and they want him to come back to Philadelphia and talk to their boss, which ends up being Vigo's brother, a.k.a. William Hurt. In the best role I've ever seen him do, ever, ever. Really? Ever. Which is which is interesting, because he, I believe at least he was nominated for a Golden Globe for that performance. Really? Or even an Academy Award. I got to look it up. I didn't look it up. But that role is only five, ten minutes long. It's like one scene, right? It is. Yeah, that's all it is. It's fucking amazing. He's awesome. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, probably one of the most underrated actors ever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that scene is is great. And all the scenes with Ed Harris are fucking phenomenal. Of course they are, yeah. So scary in that movie. Um, and, that's, uh, and that's pretty much the gist of the film. Now, going back over some of the little parts that really make this film for me. Now, upon seeing this movie for, I think this is like the third or fourth time I've seen it, Mm -hmm. the music in it kind of throws you off a little bit, considering how violent this movie is in certain parts. But this is also uh, about a family, too. Mm -hmm. So the the score by Howard Shore really kind of feels like a, a... Field of Dreams kind of movie. Yeah, it's I really agree. it feels out of place, but it isn't because if they were to put like more ominous tones in it, or like a, a darker kind of synth soundtrack, or or anything like that, I think the movie wouldn't it, it wouldn't have been as impactful as it is because you're incorporating Americana into this and this small town kind of USA. Yeah. Thing and and it and it keeps all those that that music in those scenes and it, and it really is impactful when you think about it. I didn't notice that. I absolutely agree with you. If they had had more like sinister tones, yeah, if you had like James Horner or something yeah. in it, you know, it wouldn't have felt right. It, no, and I never would have doubted myself about Viggo Mortensen's character. Like I said, right. and there's there are moments where I'm like, maybe yeah. he's not. Exactly. And if the music was always sinister, I would immediately be like, he exactly. definitely exactly definitely yeah. So I, you really gotta like the music. I'm not a huge fan of Howard Shore. I think he does all right. 
What are uh, some other s- scores uh, that he's fuck. done? Let me think. Yeah. I'm okay. sorry, I didn't mean to call it's you. It's okay. Out. It's all right. I I don't remember any off the top of my head right now, but it it just doesn't it doesn't seem like it would fit with this movie, but it really does. I like that. Another part of this movie. Then, um, the Twilight Saga Eclipse. Yeah, see, oh, there we go. Fucking the Lord perfect. of the Rings, The Aviator. Wow, he's done lots. King oh, Kong. Oh, he's done tons of movies. He, he is he, he's a good impo- a composer, yeah. even a mm-hmm. great one, I'll say it. Don't like a lot of the stuff he does, but I think he's, he, he is great. Yeah. And it really put this film into place. Now, another, uh, another part or another character in this movie I like a lot is the daughter. She's probably like six years old, five years old. In the beginning of this film, she wakes up because she's scared. She thought she saw a monster. Um, and everyone's, you know, the whole family comes and comforts her. And I really like that scene to where this is a real family. They're all, yeah. They all get along. And this is your American, American family right here. Mm-hmm. And they all care for each other. They all get up and console her. And But by the end of this movie, that character really never changed, which I, I like. Because she's young, and you don't get... Well, you, well, at the dinner scene at the end of the movie, nothing is really spoken. Um, or resolved. Or resolved yeah. at all, really. The son who killed someone and finds out that his dad's a gangster is is sitting at the table confused. And Maria Bello, yeah. who plays his wife, she's fucking great in this movie, too. Yeah. Kill, the son killed someone to save his dad's life. Right, exactly. Yeah. And um, his wife, who's had his back, even when she found out he was a gangster, still had his back, but still was upset with him. Mm-hmm. At the end of the movie, she can't really look at him, and she's kind of like looking down at her plate of food. And the son is sitting there, who he's he's he loves his parents. He really looks up to them. He really looks up to his dad, but now he kind of questions that at the end. Yeah. So he looks at his mom for assurance of, like, dude, are we going to let this guy sit here? Like, what's going on? To where she doesn't even look at him because she's still going through this in her mind, too, until she finally looks up and they look at each other and then that's the end of the movie. But the thing with her daughter is is that that love was never unconditional or it was never questioned. Right. She She doesn't have any idea. So she grabs a plate of uh, the plate that... um, they set the table, didn't set mm-hmm. a plate for him, but there was a plate to the side. Yep. So she goes and grabs that plate and sets it down, and he comes out and he sits down, and he's about to eat, and they all look at each other, and they, they share glances, and then that's the end of the movie, which I think ends fucking perfectly. Perfect, like, I yeah. agree. <clears throat> they're not like, what are you going to do now? Are they all dead? Blah, blah, blah. Like, no, their their eye contact is pretty much telling you everything, or you can just decide on what you think is going to happen next, or what they're feeling, or what their resolution is going to be. I think the resolution is is going to be uh, one where trust is broken for a while, but I think they'll be a family again, but it'll still be fractured. I agree. I worry about the son grappling with this because now he knows that violence is kind of in his blood mm-hmm. because, because Viggo Mortensen, when he, one of the times he speaks about himself in the third person... Maria Bello, I think, is the one who asked him if he liked killing. And he says, Joey did. Tom doesn't. (laughs) And that's very, like, that's such a (laughs) non-answer. So I feel like the son's grappling with that. And I also think that Maria Bello's character, Edie, is grappling with the fact that they make a big point about them doing role play to keep it interesting in their mm-hmm. sex life. Yes. And then there's a moment where she realizes that he used to be a hitman and has put them all in danger and is trying to kind of get away from him and then instead gets like wrapped up and excited yes. by it. And they end up having sex on the stairs and it's this really long, like awkward, but weirdly hot scene. Yeah. It's the complete opposite of what happened earlier on in the film to where they had the house to themselves. Yeah. She dresses in a cheerleader outfit and they, and they have sex, but it, it doesn't seem like, not at all like the sex they have later on. Yeah. So I think there is a part of her who... I don't want to say likes it, but is but excited isn't, is by excited, it. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. and I, I and I do like that scene a lot too. Yeah, where especially because they they make sure to show that he isn't raping her. He's not gonna hurt her. No. Yeah, because there's a point in time where 
like they're fighting and then they're they're kind of getting together and he kind of looks away like he's gonna stop but she pulls him in closer yeah. mm-hmm. and it really gets hot and heavy and 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 kind of violent too to which yeah and, that, and that's a really good scene but consensual there's consensual, never a yes. point where i'm like this is not consensual it's, uh-huh. it always is yeah yes but yeah, so I think that she's grappling with that part of herself that she doesn't quite know what to do with at the dinner at the end, yeah? Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. So yeah, there's a lot lot of ambiguity going on at the end, which makes this movie even better. Mm-hmm. It's not all resolved. Everything's not great. Everything's not a Howard Shore fucking right? <laughs> <laughs> a get score. wrapped up in a bow. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, there are ten kills in this movie. Mm-hmm. Two breasts, no penises. You have to wait for Eastern Promises to see that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Captain Fantastic. Oh, you see his dick in that one? Oh, yeah, for way longer than Eastern Promises. Oh, yeah, it's just like, kind of flapping around. Like, it's he's flapping around, yeah, in a fight scene in Captain Fantastic. He's just standing outside naked drinking coffee. Shit. And just drink it in. <laughs> <laughs> does look like it's a little chilly outside that day. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your favorite part. Um, my favorite part is William Hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Just his whole... I don't even know how to describe his acting choices, but they're perfect and so weird and still perfect. Yeah, so calm and relaxing and he he feels like he's in control, but he never really is in control there. It's it's a really great scene. Yeah. It's probably... Uh, it's, it's a great cherry on top to this movie, is it that It is, scene. and he's still, like, respectfully frightened of Viggo Mortensen. Yeah. She absolutely should be. And it's cool how we, we just get from what people were saying about this, uh, the Viggo Mor- Morganson character of Joey, of how crazy he was and how how nuts and how even his brother, you know, had to, you know, calm him down and, and put him in his place from time to time until he left. And now his brother has to kill him because his brother put him in a position to where he really couldn't advance right. the mafia or, or, or advance in different territories. It really fucked him over. Yeah. So the only way for him to, to really get that respect back from his peers is to kill his own brother. Right. And that's, that's of course, that's fucked up. That's your own fucking brother, but... But he also only seems, like, mildly annoyed that this is how it has to go down, which is amazing. <laughs> <It does. laughs> Um, a plus movie for me. Yeah, A for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, unfortunately, I didn't see this in the theaters. I saw it in home video release, and I, I fucking loved it. And it's immediately, so I bought the DVD for it, and I still have it. Yeah. So, check this one out now. Check it out now. Yeah, it's available to rent on Amazon, and that's what we did, even though we had the DVD. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> if you have the DVD, you should probably throw the DVD in, and that. Get it on Prime or anything, or, or buy it off the internet because you already own it. <coughs> <laughs> All right, thank you guys for joining us this week. We will be back next week with another fantastic film, one of which I haven't even picked yet. But we will see you then, and have a good winter if you're in Chicago, even though it's November. Yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>